Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. I thank you, Lord. I bless the name of the Lord tonight. So we're going to get right in. We're going to have time for prayer. Uh, Tonight we're continuing our series called Prayer, Plan, and Purpose. Uh, Last week we covered um, the plan of prayer. So just for a quick review, we'll start out with our working definition. I know we've given it, I've given it every week, but just to to solidify it, for this particular teaching, uh, prayer is an intimate two-way spiritual exchange between man and his heavenly father. And we talked about how important it is if God created us, right? He created us, fashioned, formed us from dust, blew life into us. If he did that, we are to have communion with God. When we take communion, we are, com- we are taking it as the body, right? We are drinking the blood and eating the um, bread, signifying the body of Christ, amen? So that means that prayer is something that we do to commune with God. And I, it's not like a human relationship, but I'm gonna liken it as a human relationship. If you never communicate with people, another person, say you're married or um, a colleague or whatever, a friend, if you never communicate you don't know the heart of the person so again that's why it's important to be standing in before the Lord and to pray to have an active prayer life it is important to have an active prayer life Um, sometimes as uh, as mature believers and maybe as young believers I said I shared my own story that sometimes we're intimidated by um, other listening to other people pray or just not being comfortable praying out loud and my counsel to you is learn the scriptures and pray the scriptures learn the scriptures and pray the scriptures Amen. I, 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 I laugh at this all the time that someone, that Lord would use me to, to lead a prayer group in front of people. I am, I'm amazed by that because so many years ago, as I stated before, so for some of you that might not have been in this room, I was intimidated by other people who prayed. And they prayed so eloquently. And I'm like, God, I don't know if I'd ever pray like that. But the thing I've learned, it's not how eloquent eloquent one prays or how long with the these and the thous and all of that. The simple prayer, God hears those simple prayers. When I couldn't pray with with the passion that I might pray with tonight, God heard me. Amen, he heard everything I said. When I said, Lord, I need your help. That's a prayer. I need you, Lord. That's my prayer. So let's go um, quickly to um, review the plan. So we define plan as the plan of God for us in prayer is for us to establish his will in our lives through the establishment of his kingdom. Again, it's about his will, not not my will, not your will, but his will in our lives. And then we touched on this. We touched on... Uh, when God says yes, when God says no, and when God says wait. We love a prayer that says yes. We love that. That's the kind of prayer that we want. When God says yes to something, 
You know, and we liken that into um, Second Chronicles 1, 7 through 12, and Solomon asked God for wisdom and knowledge. That was a yes prayer. God granted it because he didn't ask for anything that was lofty or anything like that. He simply asked for wisdom and knowledge, right? That's a yes. In Matthew 26, 39, Jesus prayed. And what did Jesus pray for? He prayed that the cup would pass him. He didn't want to necessarily die the wicked death that they had planned for him. But he knew that he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. And he died. And so that's why you and I are in this room today because died, Christ died for us. And because of his blood, we, can, we are blood bought. We are born again. We are spirit filled. We live in God and he lives in us. That is why. Christ died. So that was a no prayer. He didn't, and it was a no to an end. No, it was like, no, you have to do this to fulfill the will and the purpose in your life. And I would submit to you tonight that it's the same thing for us. We have to purpose ourselves and submit ourselves unto God so that we fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. And the only way we're going to know what that purpose is, is to be in constant relationship and constant communication with God. Lifting up the name of Jesus, not taking it for granted that you have uh, the ability to pray, that you can speak a thing, not, don't ever take that for granted. There are countries all over the world that people are not allowed to pray. People are being killed for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I can lift up the name of Jesus openly. And, we, and you, let me just say this, we have to continue to do that because you know what? We cannot be a country that would become a country where we could not pray openly. And if you and I don't do that, we could become a country like that. Because we have to pray about everything. There is nothing that we can take for granted. Nothing, 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 nothing. You know, sometimes we say these lofty things where you got to pray for the election, you got to pray for the president. You have, though that's scriptural. It tells us to pray for leaders. Right. Yes, we have to do that. Right. But it's about every aspect of your life. Amen. When you're taking a, 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 taking a detour and you're not sure why you're taking the detour, you have to say, Lord, help me. Where should I go? That's, right. that's the plan of God. Amen. Amen. Okay. So uh, turn with me, uh, and I'm sorry, and then the last one we talked about, I think, was um, in wait, wait, waiting on God. And David so many times had to cry out to God because he didn't see the thing immediately that he prayed for. He says, and my soul waits in silence for God only. Now, we don't want to wait, and we certainly don't want to wait in silence because silence is quiet. People are uncomfortable with silence. If you're in a car with someone and you're driving and your natural inclination is to be quiet and the other person's inclination is not to be um, quiet, it makes that person uncomfortable because you're quiet. You're silent. They think, well, what's wrong with Michelle? She's not talking. What's happening? 
And it just may be that your silence, so when we're waiting, we have to wait in silence. So that means when we're waiting, we're not murmuring, we're not complaining, we're not going to everybody else, but we are seeking God while we wait on the answer. And whatever the answer is, it's gotta be what? Okay, okay with God. And we talked last week about waiting with our right attitudes, right? Turn with me to um, Proverbs uh, nineteen twenty one. And when you get there, say amen. Ooh, praise the Lord. Somebody's been using their Bible. Okay, so Proverbs nineteen twenty one says this. My plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Again, it says my, many plans, I'm sorry, many plans are in the man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. In this scripture, counsel is translated as purpose. So let's read it that way. It says many plans are in a man's heart, but the purpose of the Lord will stand. But the purpose of the Lord will stand. That means that we can have many plans, but God has an ultimate purpose for your life and my life. And, this, and my purpose may not be your purpose. Your purpose may not be mine. So it's not right for us to compare each other and their, each other's purpose. And we can't place value on somebody else's purpose. Amen? Because purpose is what God downloads to each person. And I can't say, well, my purpose is, your purpose may be um, you have a great passion um, for the elderly or the homeless or teenagers or teenage moms or men that are lost for outreach, going door to door. That may, you may have that purpose, but each of us have different gifts and each of us have different purposes. And when those two things line up, what a vital life you and I will live. And sometimes, again, we make things so very lofty about the purpose of God. But when something is natural to you and you've prayed about it, walk in it and move in it. You know, I see that many times in the body of Christ when we're a part of a ministry or we're not a part of a ministry. And we're like, well, I just don't know my purpose. You know, we've read all these, the purpose-driven life. We've read um, um, Miles Monroe and all those books on purpose. But we still, for some reason, we can't find our purpose. And it's almost like we're waiting for God to, with an audible voice to say, this is your purpose. <laughs> it's not that deep. I really don't think it's that deep. I really do believe that as you're doing things and doing things that you enjoy that come to you naturally, your God-given, you'll, you'll recognize what your purpose is. You'll recognize the will of God for your life. 
And there are all kinds of tools and assessments, and we have that in this church. So if you're here and you're like, well, I'm not sure what my purpose is, we have all kinds of tools, assessments that some of you have been maybe taken on your job, but we have them here at this church, and we can administer them, and we can interpret them and help you out. But there are things that, and that happens in membership 301, for those of you that are not members or you're going through membership right now, in 301, you'll it will help you discover what your purpose may be amen, amen. Um, and it's 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 awful to see someone walking outside of their purpose if you have been called to line yourself up with someone else and help them establish their ministry and walk with them during with their ministry it would be out of the will of God for you then to turn around and say, now I want that position. Does that make sense? Maybe it's not what God wants for you, and you have to be okay with helping somebody else fulfill their vision for their ministry. Or even in the marketplace, you not, may not be the director or the CEO or the president, but you serve a vital role and a function in the organization. You are helping to support that organization. Without you in it, the organization wouldn't thrive, specifically for those that are you, of you that are born again in spirit field, because that's your mission ground. That's your pulpit. That's your ministry while you're in that marketplace. So to take yourself out of something, out of your purpose, would not be the will of God for your lives. Amen? Amen. Okay. So what should we desire but that all of our purposes may agree with God's will? Again, it should agree with the will of God. Um, we define purpose as the original intent in the mind of the creator. Again, we define purpose as the original intent in the mind of the creator of a thing. So that could look like Miles Monroe is very um, specific when he has written a lot of things on purpose. So the purpose of an automobile is to get you from A to B. The purpose of an automobile is not to be worn. It's not a dress. You, it takes you. That's the purpose. The purpose, it was designed, the manufacturer, no matter what model car you have, the intent of the car was to get you from one destination to another destination. It's called transportation. So whether it be a bus or an airplane or whatever mode, a motorcycle, a bike, it was made to take you from this destination to another destination. That's what the manufacturer intended it to be. When it is abused, what happens? There is a crash, and that was not the intent of it. If you do something to the engine to, to rev it up and you are um, just driving on a regular street, but you've done something to that engine, if it crashes, that was not the intent of that thing. There are specific kinds of cars that are designed for racing. The cars that you and I drive, I think, most of us in here, right? The cars that you and I drive, 
They are intended to be driven on a regular road, not the Indianapolis 500 or whatever it's called over and over and over and over. That was not the original intent of that automobile. Okay, so um, The Purpose Driven Life, that was a, a very popular book, maybe over 10 years ago, I think, I think it was a, at least 10 years ago. Um, and that was very, very um, poignant for many Christians because it went step by step about what the purpose, uh, the God created us. So purpose number one in this particular um, book is that God created us, his plan for us was for his good pleasure. It was worship, all right? And that's Philippians 2 and 13. We were created to worship God. And that's why in Genesis 3 and 8, where we started three weeks ago, he was so disappointed with Adam and Eve because that separation, the sin in their lives, caused them not to be able to worship God. So that was the downfall of man. But Praise be to God. He made an, a way of escape for them. He didn't just leave them there in their sinful ways, did he? He made a way of escape. Yes, he sent them out of the garden, but he made a way. And who is the way, the truth and the life? Jesus. Amen. Amen. He made a way. Purpose number two, we were um, planned for God's family to have fellowship with God. We have fellowship in um, John 3, 3, and let's just turn there. And it says, Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that means that without making that confession about Jesus being Savior and following him as Lord, we will not see the kingdom of God. It's simple. Are you a Christian? The confession out of your mouth and the belief of your heart makes you a Christian. Now to mature and develop is something different because you could have made the confession but yet not have the communion, okay? So you have to stay in the presence of God called prayer because that is when you have the download in your spirit, what God is saying to you, you become so sensitive to the things of God. And I know for myself, whenever I see, seem very disjointed, it is because I have not been spending the time in prayer that I need. I cannot get up in my morning, on a morning and rush out of my house without spending some time before the Father. I cannot spend any time in my day because you and I know sometimes your day is not what you planned. <laughs> Amen. It could, you could have had one like that today. That's why we came down and we held hands because we were in agreement. 
because so many things happened in your day. The enemy tried to beat you up in so many ways. But we don't give credence to the enemy because his power is not greater than the God that we serve. We serve a true and a living God. So his power, he didn't have any power unless you give it over to him. That's why you have to set your affections on things that are above and not beneath and not here on the, on the earth. Because if you're setting your affections, if you're setting your mind and setting your spirit on the things in the earth, you will be discouraged. You will be discouraged. You will. And we have to choose not to be discouraged. And sometimes it's difficult, but I'm telling you, you get a scripture and you stand on it. Ah, put it in its, prop, put it in its proper text, but you stand on it. That context is good, but stand on the word of God. You decree and you declare over something that this is not what God said in his word. You have to tell the enemy, and I'm not talking about talking to the enemy. You know, Jesus had the power to do that, and he did. But with us, we're talking here. We can go straight to the throne of God in prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So where did I leave off? Three? Three, number three. Um, we were plan. We um, our one of our, another purpose. We had planned to become like Christ. That is discipleship. That we would become like Christ. Amen. To become like Him. And how do you become like Christ? How do you become like Christ? We are in Him. He's He's in us. But how do you become like Him? I would submit to you that it's that daily communion. How could you not? It's your, that daily communion. Daily, daily, daily. And not ritualistic. Our prayers ought not to be ritualistic. They really ought not to be. There should be times that you're just going about your day and you see something and you say, I need to pray about that, and you go into prayer. Maybe not loudly and, and scaring people off and, you know, not that, that kind, but you might be able to see, see, or somebody might say something to you at work and you may not, it's like, ah, oh, no, I don't receive that. But you don't go, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. No, you, yeah, you know, you want to be peculiar, but that's, that's not, that's, that's just strange. That's just played out strange. We're called out. That's what peculiar in the scripture means. It means called out, separate. That's right. That's right. That's right. You can just say simply, in Jesus' name, I take authority of those words. Those words will not be established in my heart. Amen. Amen. They will not be established in my heart. You may have a disagreement with a family member. You don't have to, you know, I rebuke the devil in you. How is that going to ingratiate them to the things of God? Amen. I know sometimes you want to do that because you see the enemy being, you know, the enemy uh, is using them. But certainly we just want to say, I take authority against the spirit that is working within you and get in your prayer closet and go to the prayer closet. Uh, many years ago, um, 
a sister in Christ um, was telling me that her husband was going out, and um, he's a pastor of a very prominent church, and, and he's probably going out on some type of ministry um, event. And she said in her spirit, she just didn't feel that he should go. And she opened her mouth to tell him not to go. And the spirit of God said, don't say anything. Keep doing what you're doing, but don't say anything. And what she was doing was cleaning her house. And she said she just began to vacuum. And he said he was leaving. And she said goodbye. And she just began to pray. She just began to pray in the spirit. Because she said she didn't know why she didn't want him to go. And I don't think it was a selfish reason. I really believe that God put something in her spirit not for him to go. And 20 minutes later, he, he came back in the house. And he said, you know what? The Lord told me to turn around. Sensitive to the spirit of God. Now she could have been fussing at him and telling him not to go, telling him he's too busy, telling him he's not spending enough time with her. But that's not what she did. What she did was she went into the throne room while she was vacuuming. That means God can hear you above the noise. Hallelujah. Above the noise of the vacuum cleaner. Right? Because God knows the manufacturer who designed the vacuum cleaner knew why he designed the vacuum cleaner. And the vacuum cleaner was to clean, to pick up dust and dirt, but not to usurp the power of God so she couldn't touch the throne room of God with her prayers. That wasn't the reason. Glory to God. Amen. Um, number five. Hmm. Four. Oh, praise God. Thank you. I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> uh, we were um, created uh, to, to serve God in ministry. And that's Ephesians uh, 2.10. We were created. That's part of the purpose of God. For the mission, to accomplish the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we were created. That's our purpose. Right? And number five is we were made for a mission. And what's another word? What's another synonym for mission? Purpose. Amen. We were created for a purpose. And the purpose is to live out a life in Christ. And as we're living out the life in Christ, because it's a good life, it's a great life, we were called to evangelize the world. People ought to know what the, your, your hope is. You ought to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone else. We had a wonderful teaching some while back about sharing the gospel. And really, it is your story. It is how did you come to know Jesus? How did you come to know him? And how are you living your life out? Very simply. People ought to see that in us, that they want the Christ that we serve. We can't, when I was growing up, there were people that would tell you they were saved. And I would tell you they were the can't-do Christians. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do this. They couldn't wear makeup. They couldn't wear pants. They couldn't do this. They couldn't dance. They couldn't do this. It was the can't-do. I'm like, what is it that you can do? And you know, and I'm not trying to make fun of that. I'm just saying that at that time, they couldn't articulate their faith. All they knew were the legalistic things. Right, right. So they couldn't articulate what they believed. So do you think I wanted to go be a part of that church? 
to be about the part of the body of Christ? No, it was not until I met people who looked like me, that was the same age group, that loved God. They were trying to serve God and live a life that was holy before God. And they were content in their walk with God. And it was real to them. It was a rhema existence for them. I had never been around people, young people who loved God. So I'm saying for parents in this room, and you've been praying for your children, and you've been believing God for your children, don't give up. Keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. Because it was someone whose mother had been praying for them, came to that university, got saved, and witnessed to me, and I'm here today. Glory to God, I'm so grateful. That mother prayed, that mother, I remember her, the, my girlfriend's um, mother telling me she used to take oil and uh, on the bedpost, over her bed, on her sheets, everything, just oil all over, decreeing and declaring that her daughter would come out of darkness into light. And in that dormitory that I sat how many years ago? So a few years ago, many, many years ago. I would be on a Friday night when we could be doing anything, but on a Friday night, there was a choir that was going to be ministering in my dorm. I wanted to go, but I didn't know anybody else that was going. And I went into a friend's room and I said, hey, would you like to go with me? But she didn't want to go. And I didn't want to go by myself, although it was in the dorm, I just didn't want to go by myself. And a couple of minutes later, this young woman walked into the same room I was in and I said, you know, we started talking, and she said, I'll go with you. She said, that's my choir from my church. I'll go with you. And, and I loved gospel music, always loved Christian music for whatever reason God was wooing me, right? And I always loved the music, so I was willing to go. And I went, and they sang their hearts out. They just ministered, they ministered, they sang their hearts out. And at the end, everybody was joining hands together and praying. And I'm joining hands, and I'm looking around the room and I'm like oh they seem so real about this and I remember when we um, let go hands I said to my girlfriend I said did you believe any of those things that you said and her response was yes and you know what I got to commune with her I began to have a relationship with her and I was able to see her life trying to live out, not perfect, but trying to live a life that was godly before me. And even when I was in my ungodly state, glory to God, can you imagine that? <laughs> even in my ungodly state, wanting to do what I wanted to do, telling the cab driver I was agnostic, that I wasn't sure there was a God. But even in that state, she loved me. She ministered, but she never compromised. She never compromised her walk. When I would want to go places that she could not go to because her spirit was repelled, because God had called her out of darkness into light. Glory to God out of darkness there's some places as a christian you and i can't go to you know there are very few people that are called to minister in the bars 
I'm not one of them. Because I'm passionate about a lot of stuff, and I believe that if I were to drink alcohol, that I would be an alcoholic. Because when I do something, I do it fully. I'm all in. So that's not where I can go. There's some movies I can't watch. There's some TV shows that I can't watch. There are places that I can't go to. Many years ago, uh, my brothers and I had um, this family thing. We hadn't done anything together as, as brother and sister, uh, um, sister in a very long time. So we went to hear um, a, um, a Jamaican um, comedian. He's extremely funny. And the place was full to capacities. And I'll just tell you something about my culture. We packed that room and sold tickets, oversold the tickets. If there was, if its capacities was for a thousand people, the fire marshal should have been in that place <laughs> because it was sold out of capacity. And as we were standing in line to go to get into this place, it was West, it's called the West Indian Club. And as we were in line, somebody behind me brushed up behind me. And my brother got angry. And my brother said something. And immediately the Spirit of God quickened in me and said, it may be lawful, but it's not expedient for me to be here. And I didn't have to say anything to my other brother. All he said was, let's go. We never got in. We paid money to go. But it's not every place you and I can go to. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you have to be able to declare to someone, I'm not able to do that. Right? You're not able. You know? And eventually, God will take the taste. If there are younger Christians in here and you're struggling in those areas, just know if you make one foot, God will put, do, put, bring you along. Just know that he'll take the, uh, the taste of cigarettes and alcohol, those things that don't do your body any good. We're not being legalistic. We're just telling you the truth. You know, there are just some things that are not good for your body. Why do you want to be in an altered state where you, can ha you have the spirit of God in you? You know, there's just some things we need to stay away from. Amen. 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 So I got through five, right? Yes. Okay. Praise, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Okay. Purpose. Purpose is, again, the original intent, right, of the, of the creator. So the word of God says, so will my word B, which goes forth from my mouth. This is um, Isaiah 55, 11. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. The word of God says that it will accomplish what? Our word? My word, the word of God, when it goes forth, it won't return empty. So when you and I pray, we don't have to wonder if God will meet us. We just, our responsibility is to lift it up in prayer 
because it won't return. I think the King James says void. It won't return void, but it accomplishes that thing which it's sent to do. So the purpose of prayer is to accomplish the will of God. It won't return void. It will accomplish. That is your confession. Father, I'm believing you today for restoration in my backslidden condition. Hallelujah. I'm believing you for that loved one that has turned their back in, the, in that, in the, in the, in all on the things of God. I'm believing you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord will become their strength when someone has lost a loved one and they're in mourning, or you've lost a relationship, or you've lost a job. Whatever it is, the word of God says, it will not return void. We have to believe the word of God, and that's our faith. That's our faith. That's our faith talking. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And what? Word of God. So we have to hear. Last week, again, we talked about what? The, the ability to, um, to, to listen, that we're taught all those other skills, but listening is not a skill that we are taught. So we have to listen carefully, be that in tune to the Spirit of God. That's, again, how we, you will know the purpose of God for your life, the will of God for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the purpose of prayer is simply for the spiritual intimacy in order to live the full life of who we are in Christ Jesus. You know, for an unbeliever, it may not be natural for them to pray. It may just not be natural. For me, it wasn't. It was, you know, as an unbeliever, it was not natural. As a believer, it has become natural because it's feeding my soul the prayer. It's feeding, it's giving nutrients to my soul. Like a woman who is pregnant, when she eats, she's eating not just for herself, but she's eating for the baby that is quickened and alive in her womb that will come to grow to be a child of God because she's believing as a believer. So that's the same thing. We have to eat and we have to get the nutrients and when you're eating any type of meat, you eat the meat and you throw the bone away. So when we are seeking the face of God in prayer, we have to eat the meat. We have to eat the meat and desire, the Bible says, the meat of the word, not just the uh, breast milk, but the meat, because that is how we grow in the things of God. Amen, amen, amen. You know, every, every week I, I, I jokingly say, I have more, I have more, I have more. But I want to spend time in prayer so that we can lift up the purpose of God for our respective lives and as a body, corporate body of people. Because what happens in this house affects you. What happens individually affects the house. Right, right, right. So it's important to know the will of your life and it's important to know the purpose of this church. Amen. So stand with me please then. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's come to the altar.
Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastor's Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.